Hello, welcome to Locked On Marlins, your daily Marlins podcast from the Locked On Podcast Network. I am your host and British host, Peter Pratt, back again for you for the Wednesday edition and part two of our sender field options, review, preview, predictions, however you want to phrase it. We are getting into even more center field options for the Marlins, external options, internal. We're going to get into it all today. If you, if you haven't listened to yesterday's, you need to go back and listen. Go back and listen to part one. We got into the five top elite dudes. Then we're now going to round things off with another six, seven, eight guys. So plenty of options for the Marlins to consider, no doubt about it. Hopefully you enjoyed episode or part one, and this is going to be part two. So we really spent a lot of time on on episode one talking about, well, the elite guys, Mullins, Reynolds, Kettle Marte, Max Kepler, and Cody Bellinger. Yes, Cody Bellinger. I think that is a option. Whether it's realistic is up for debate, but I do believe it's an option the Marlins could consider. So... What does that then leave us after those guys in terms of further further options? So let's start with two what I'll describe as prospects, center field prospects that were both, well, at least one of them anyway, was discussed at the trade deadline. It's Brandon Marsh. Let's talk about Brandon Marsh, who was a who is the Angels' top prospect, if not the top, but you know, he's top three prospect of the Angels and got to see plenty of playing time in in 2021. Clearly, Mike Trout went down and was lost for uh, half the season. So Brandon Marsh was called up. Um, again, one of the key elements here is Brandon Marsh logged 568 innings at center field. So again, he's played center field at the major league level and played it pretty well. So... You know, he's he's obviously got almost all of his control remaining as he was effectively just called up last year. So the control is there. The the center field, uh, I guess, past and history is there, albeit relatively short stint. The reality is with Brandon Marsh, he's still a prospect. He is effectively, you know, the type of deal for Marsh would be like a Jazz Chisholm, Zach Gallon deal, where the Marlins and Angels come together and look to trade from depth spots. And the Marlins would acquire someone they need for an outfield spot that could be plug-and-play into center field immediately and basically be there for the next five, six years. And equally, the Angels are looking to upgrade, augment, supplement, however you want to phrase it. They are looking for major league or near major league starting pitching. They absolutely are. So this trade, these organizations, it makes a lot of sense. It really does. The name talked about already historically at the deadline was Max Meyer. Max Meyer, Brandon Marsh, one for one, and the Angels pulled out. The Angels backed out of that by all accounts. And, um, you know, that they may live to regret that. <laughs> In all honesty, the Angels may live to regret that because I believe that I believe that Max Meyer is um you know is is on is on the pathway to being an absolute stud, no doubt. 
where what's his role going to be with the Marlins is up for debate. There's a, there's so so many arms, but you know one one consideration. I know uh, Joe Frasaro has been mentioning this multiple times. Is could Max Meyer in the closers role or a high leverage bullpen role? Could that work? Could that be an option? Particularly if the rest of the rotation is already filled out and guys are healthy. Also, clearly Max Meyer could step into the rotation should anything be required. I mean, it's a really intriguing topic and conversation about Max Meyer, but I think what we saw in Double A was it was sensational last year. So Max Meyer is really progressing to a point where he's almost Major League ready, if not already Major League ready. So I think that really brings him into focus for these discussions. He absolutely does. If the Marlins feel like Brandon Marsh could be the center fielder for the next five years for the Marlins. Um, they've already, you know, from a, a rotation perspective, they've already inked in Sandy. They they have Trevor. There's a one-two punch there that's as good as anyone. So they're already in. Eddie Cabrera is in the mix. Eda's coming through. Uh, Lozado's around. Pablo is obviously still around and is untu- not untouchable. So, you know, there's still... You know, some ways to go to work out who's still going to be around for 2022 from the pitching staff side, but irrespective, you've got a one-two punch already locked in. So with that being said, do, do you want to trade a Max Meyer now and go away and get a guy, a Brandon Marsh, if they feel that that is valuable? Not going to lie, though. Offensively, Brandon Marsh, it was underwhelming. Very underwhelming. 672 OPS, a 401 Babip. So in some ways... His numbers were inflated. He was lucky. He was lucky. <laughs> and he still just hit two bombs. I feel like the two home runs might have come in the same game. They might, he might, I feel like he had a multi home run game against the Orioles, um, perhaps at some point. So, two home runs for Marsh. Listen, he's a highly touted prospect. He is one of the top prospects in the game. And it isn't uncommon for these guys not to hit the ground running immediately. But with that being said, is what you know? What doubt does that create in the Marlins' mind now? Do they want to go away and and you know rekindle this deal? Wait and see. I'm I was on the fence about this one anyway when it was reported that the matchup makes sense, but I'm not convinced I'd, I want to go Max Meyer for Brandon Marsh just yet. I'd like to see a bit more. All the Marlins are effectively doing here is you know, effectively getting a prospect a major league ready prospect and hoping that he develops at the major league level. But remember Lewis Brinson, former top 50 prospect overall, dropped in and asked to be the Marlins outfielder every day. Never happened. Not saying that Brandon Marsh will, the same will happen to Brandon Marsh, but what I'm saying is, you know, we should treat that with caution. Absolutely. We haven't seen the production at the major league level. Absolutely not. You get the control, so that's that's appealing, not the production. The other guy, though, that's interesting, and I actually like this fit as much, if not maybe better. I don't know, but I re- I've always liked the idea and the concept of Joe Adele. Really have. Um, again, another hugely talented prospect, and we got to see Joe Adele earlier. We got to see him in the 2020 season, in the shortened season, and it was not good. Not good at all for Joe Adele. Striking out over 40% of the time in 2020. Also, 
there's been some some glove issues i recall for sure in 2020 that there was a fly ball that effectively he just like caught threw over for a home run it was absolutely terrible so you know looking at his career 32 major major league innings at center field so brandon marsh clearly last year Handled most of the workload, 568 in center field. Joe Adele, just 32 innings. So can he play major league level center field? Not sure. Is the power there? Yes, it is. Absolutely it is. The K rate, what did the K rate, Pete, you said it was 41% in 2020. What happened in 21? Relatively small sample size, granted 130 at-bats. K rate of 22%. That's more like it, Joe Adele. Yes, sir. Settling in. This is the point I was making already with, with Brandon Marsh. The, the guys need time to adjust. It's, it's not easy to come in and just start hitting. So, But Joe Odell, Joe Odell, Joe Adele, <laughs> over 700 OPS in 130 at-bats, four bombs, K-rate at 22% in 2021. Limited time in center field, but tons of control as well. Where do the Marlins go? I, if the Marlins and Angels consummate a deal... It's going to be one of those two dudes, and it's going to be one of the Marlins pitchers that go the other way. How do you like that compared to the other guys we've already mentioned? Would you prefer Cedric Mullins or Brian Reynolds with Max Meyer plus two others? Or are you happy with a Max Meyer for one of those two guys with all the control it brings? Let me know. Let me know what you're thinking on this one. I'm really intrigued. I think this is such an intriguing puzzle for the Marlins and the fit feels good and as at the time the you know these deals do not come without risk like Jazz Chisholm Zach Gallon it doesn't come without risk absolutely it doesn't but you know the Marlins were able to identify Jazz and felt that they could move Zach Gallon proved to be right probably probably right anyway I mean you know it's only a year and a half in but Looks like it was at least a fair deal, if not at the moment, slightly favouring the Marlins, I'd say. So I'm absolutely not against them pulling this kind of trigger again and going going out and acquiring a, a prospect uh, type guy at centre field that, you know, you then got Jazz, you've then got, let's say, Joe Adele, you've then got Jacob Stallings, plus Miggy Rowe, like the spine defensively starts to look really nice for the Marlins. It really does. So... Okay, so those are the two prospect guys that I that I liked, and again, they're not they're not names that we're unfamiliar with. And so before we get into the next cluster of guys, and there is this is a really intriguing cluster and names that maybe we haven't spoken about as much. Before we get into those guys, I want to tell you about the my friends over at Built Bar, and the reality is it is the holiday season, and everyone needs fueling heavily fueling for all of the the shopping sprees that are going to be required absolutely so grab that protein bar that tastes like a candy bar or even better than a candy bar a built bar filled with so much holiday goodness rich with decadent flavor covered in chocolate but amazingly low in calories sugar net carbs and fat high in protein you get the best of both worlds delicious and healthy which flavor are you going which flavor is your favorite let me know i actually don't know what are you what are you enjoying the most but Here's some options. Raspberry, mint brownie, double chocolate, cherry, cookies and cream, or peanut butter brownie. So, so many. Get yourself over to Built.com. Use promo code LOCKED15 and get 15% off your order. That is Built.com with promo code LOCKED15. 15% off your order. 
Get yourselves in there, fuel up for those shopping aisles. Get it done. Okay, so what have we got next? Who else is on the shopping list or who are the options that we could consider? So this is a bit of a, this is a different type of list. We're now into guys that I would say are are on teams that are maybe looking to contend right now. These are the, you know, some of the other guys we mentioned before are on teams that the window is not open. There are, t- there are players now that are center fielders that are good and above average and would help the Marlins, but are maybe not on, on teams that are looking to, to sell off. And there's three guys that I, that I picked out. And so we'll kind of go through them really, you know, relatively briefly. First one of them is Brandon Nimmo. Yes, Brandon Nimmo. <laughs> Obviously with the Mets right now, they've just, the Mets have just signed Starling Marte and committed to him for the next four years. In 2021, 670 innings at center field. Here's where things get sticky. Expiring deal. Brandon Nimmo's a free agent after the 2022 season. Doesn't sound like the type of deal the Marlins want to make. Maybe the Mets would look to sell Nimmo if things go really bad at the you know at the deadline. But the interesting part with Nimmo for me is um, I you know if you want a stopgap, maybe the Mets think you know we've signed Marte. Maybe the Mets look to trade Nimmo now. You know. What value does Nimmo have? Probably, yeah, clearly, he still does have value. I think most likely the Mets roll with with a a Canna Marte Nimmo outfield. Obviously, Conforto's gone. Not you know, Dom Smith was never a left fielder. I think the Mets uh, are looking pretty strong in the outfield. But just wanted to call it out. Six hundred and seventy innings at center field. He was one of the top center fielders overall by WAR in twenty twenty one. And what does Nimmo bring? Listen, he brings on-base skills. Absolutely. OPS over 800, but the on-base is impressive. And, you know, impressively annoying his run to first base when he's got to walk. But I actually don't like a lot of Nimmo personally, like the vibe I get. Um, and he made some comments about the Marlins historically. So I, I, my personal preference is we go nowhere near Brandon Nimmo. Absolutely not. But I have to call it out. Rental guy maybe has lost his position, perhaps, in the Mets. Top on base skills, has played center field at a good level. Very useful player. I hope we don't go down that path, but it's one to consider. Okay, who else have we got? Alex Verdugo. Alex Verdugo. Three years of control remaining on Verdugo. He's entering ARB this year. He logged 337 innings at center field in 2021, Listen, Verdugo has been impressive with the Red Sox offensively. Real nice offensive numbers. You know, I, I'm not sure he's a, you know, he's not the answer defensively at center field. But, you know, with the control, the experience, the offensive production, Alex Verdugo, absolutely. Here's the other thing. What are the Red Sox? I think the Red Sox absolutely need some pitching. Again, the fit may be nice there. I'm not clear on what the Red Sox have in terms of other outfield options, etc. But listen, the Red Sox maybe see Verdugo as as expendable and think, you know what? We'll look to make a deal with the Marlins and get some more pitching that can help us now as they, you know, listen, they're in a real tough division there in the AL East. Absolutely, you know, Yankees, Red Sox, Rays, Blue Jays, you know, Orioles as well. But, you know, the four of them in that division is tough, tough, tough division um, you know, three years of control is valuable for Verdugo. I like the player. I think he's a good player. 
offensively in particular. Not clear, not sure on the defense on on center field, but you know, again, it's an option. And one final one that kind of is in this same bucket for me: Trent Grisham, over a thousand innings of center field in 2021, but clearly on a Padres team that you know is trying to compete. Again, tough division with you know with the Giants, the Dodgers uh, over there with the Padres. Um, things just kind of fell apart for the Padres. But, you know, four years of control on Grisham, like, okay production, but nice glove, nice defensively. You know, he's not, you know, he's not quite at the level of like a, a Starling Marte or anything. But, you know, so I, it's a downgrade on Marte offensively, I would say. But again, he he is a consideration. Verdugo, Grisham, Nimmo, all considerations. Grisham and Verdugo are, are, you know, are, are outside shots mainly because the teams are trying to compete right now. The production is 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 good, and you know I'm not sure the fit is there. Maybe the Red Sox Marlins, but again, not sure on where the Padres are at with their kind of outfield depth. But obviously, like Tatis was playing out in the outfield of parts last year, so I'm not sure if they they have a ton of of outfield depth. Maybe Grisham could be expendable. You know, what do the Padres need? I mean, they were going after Max Scherzer, didn't get it done. Um, again, you know, everyone needs pitching. Everyone needs elite pitching. You know, you know, what's a Pablo Lopez, Trent Grisham deal look like? I don't know. Would that even make sense for the Marlins? I'm not sure. I think it'd be shooting a little bit higher, moving Pablo Lopez, for me, one of the, the best pitchers in the game. So, yeah, you know, some interesting names there, for sure. Um, what do you guys think? Let me know what you're thinking on those Verdugo, Grisham, Nimmo. You know, Nimmo is a rental. Grisham and Verdugo both with you know three plus years of control and some experience playing center field. Obviously, uh, Grisham more, much more so than than Verdugo. So, before we finish off with the internal options, and there are some internal options, but before we finish off there. We're going to wrap things up with the U.S. ads with a U.K. twist with, who have we got today? Bet Online, Bet Online AG. So Bet Online has you covered all season, more props, odds, and lines than ever before as football season continues the march to the playoffs. Fins up. <laughs> Bet Online remains your number one spot for all the sports action this season. Head to the new updated desktop or mobile website. Sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus. 50% bonus? On your first deposit, just use the promo code locked on, all one word that is locked on, to receive your bonus from basketball, football, NHL, boxing, and UFC, right to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite sports. Bet online where the game starts. All right then, guys, we will wrap things up with internal options at center field. And the other thing I've got to, got to put to you guys, have I missed anything? What have I missed? We've been through 10 guys there, 10 guys already. We've been through Mullins, Reynolds, Bellinger, Verdugo, Trent Grisham, Brandon Nimmo, Brandon Marsh, Joe Adele, Kettle Marte, and Max Kepler. Every one of them is an option for the Marlins in some sort of way. Interested to know how you guys see them, how you rank them, who you'd, who you'd prefer. I know, you know in, in episode one, part one, sorry, we, you know, we went through the elite guys and we've kind of come into some you know, longer shots and some, some rookies. But let's not forget the internal options. So if the season was to start today, who'd be starting in center field for the Marlins? 
it'd probably be Brian De La Cruz, right? It probably would be De La Cruz. There's talk of Avi Garcia being able to slot into center field, but if the season started right now with the roster that we have, Brinson's no longer there, Mag Sierra's no longer there, Monte Harrison has been jettisoned, I think we, we only really have three outfielders, plus maybe Cooper. You know, Maybe you could go with a Cooper, Jesus, Avi Garcia outfield, possible. Um, and I guess they're the kind of two obvious internal options right now, De La Cruz or Avi Garcia. Um, I think De La Cruz can, can absolutely play center field, by the way. I absolutely think it. And listen, De La Cruz, talking about Joe Adele, Brandon Marsh, he isn't as highly touted a prospect as those guys. Absolutely not. But production-wise, was miles better in his, in the small sample size than Brandon Marsh and Joe Adele. And that is the really interesting part for the Marlins. What, with Marsh and Adele, they don't know what they're getting at the major league level. They don't. To go away and give away your first or second ranked prospect, to go and you know, take a chance, effectively? You know, I'm not sure. Why not? For me, I, when I strip this away, I think I'd prefer the Marlins to go for proven, a proven commodity in center field that we know is just is gonna is gonna deliver. I'm just not convinced Marsh and Adele fit that profile. So I'd prefer for them not to, to take a chance. They've already said they're out here trying to win now. Avi Garcia saying he wants a ring now. You can't really take a coin flip, I don't think, on, on Adele or Marsh. Or Dela Cruz, maybe. I don't know. I mean, are we underplaying Dela Cruz? Could Dela Cruz be the starting center fielder for the Marlins all year? He started hot, no doubt about it. He definitely faded towards the end of the year in, in September. And that can be for various reasons, but you know, he he absolutely performed and made me feel confident that if he's the fourth outfielder, that's absolutely fine. If he's the starting outfielder, I do, and I said this at the start of, of the offseason, if Brian De La Cruz is starting in the outfield for the Marlins, there's a, there's a few reasons for that. The offseason went wonky, or injuries have already hit. So let's assume no injuries have hit. If Brian De La Cruz is starting, the offseason has gone wonky. The Marlins weren't able to get done what they wanted to get done. But I think he can play the position, firstly, in center field. And I think he's a much better option in center field than Avi Garcia. I like Avi Garcia in the corner, in the corner outfield spot, no doubt. But, you know, and again, if the Marlins then want to go max power, do they then go Jesus, Coop, and Avi? Boy, oh boy, it is the least mobile and probably talented outfield um, that, that many teams have, have fielded for some time. Although, go and check out the Braves outfield in that in that World Series run. Okay, Adam Duvall, absolutely you know, top player, but there were some guys, there was absolutely some passengers in the outfield there for, for the Braves that were able to, to get a World Series ring. So, you know, maybe you know, some of this outfield, I guess, athleticism is, is slightly overemphasized. Do we need it? Do we need it with our pitching? I don't know. I'd still like a little bit more, at least one speedy guy out there playing in center field, ideally. I think that makes a lot of sense, but and with that being said, let's kind of segue into the final option. And this got this has been mooted by, well, Glenn Geffner called it out on Fish Stripes Live some weeks ago. Not to say that this was what he would do. That wasn't what Glenn was saying. He was just saying that maybe the Marlins could look outside the box. 
to solve this center field conundrum. And one of those options is to maybe try Jazz Chisholm in center field. Why not? You look at Jazz. I mean, sometimes he is kind of playing shallow outfield when the shift's on and you know, Jazz is out there in you know, shallow right field and you know, is throwing himself everywhere. My personal opinion on Jazz Chisholm in center field, he absolutely could play the role and play it at an above average an above average level, in my opinion, with some seasoning, I think he could do. So I asked Jazz on Twitter a few days back to see what his thoughts were. He hasn't responded yet, but could Jazz play in center field? Could he play the position? I absolutely believe he could. The glove, the athleticism, the willingness, the swag, the flair, everything. For me, Jazz Chisholm could do it. What does that mean for the Marlins? Well, that's an interesting one too. Interesting, because then perhaps Jazz Chisholm slides into center field. Perhaps. Then all of a sudden, who's playing second base? Well, Joey Wendell can play second base. Miggy Rowe can play second, but you know Joey Wendell into second. Miggy Rowe short. Brian Anderson third. Aggie, Coop, Lewin Diaz, whoever, you know, pick your poison there at first base. Stallings catching. All of a sudden, looks a really intriguing, intriguing team, for sure. So... Jazz Chisholm in center field. What are your thoughts? Would you be disappointed? Disappointed if Jazz is playing center field? I don't think you could be disappointed. For me, if Jazz Chisholm's playing for the Marlins, I, I can never be disappointed. The the exuberance, the flair, the love, the smile, the passion, you know, it's all there. I think Jazz is actually going to really kick on in 22. I can see a monster season for Jazz Chisholm. Um, clearly, the defensive struggles were there at second base at times and at short when he played there. Yeah, maybe he is a center fielder. Maybe we've all missed the trick there, and Jazz Chisholm is a center fielder. I don't know, but and I've not played the game, so it's hard for me to comment on that. But I know for certain it will feel very different for him in the outfield. Maybe, maybe it'll feel good. I don't know. Could do, but if all things, you know, I, if things go wrong, Jazz Chisholm in center field. Am I worried about that? Absolutely not. I think it could be a really intriguing option. So. That's going to wrap it up for this one, guys. That is part two of the center field options covered. And we have covered 10 external options plus three internal. Let me know what you're thinking. Let me know who you like. I know who I like. For me, if I had to choose one, it would be Cedric Mullins. Would be my take. It's who I'd go with. But you have to compare that with the cost that you have to give up to acquire Cedric Mullins is Cedric Mullins the most expensive of all of them? Perhaps. Him and Reynolds are very close, in my opinion. So, I think it is such an intriguing position. And the interesting part, too, is there are many, many other teams out there seeking center field upgrades. You know, we know the Astros were in on Marte. We know the Phillies were, were likely in the mix. We know there was others. I mean, everyone should have been on Starling Marte because those types of players don't become available that often. With that being said, the Marlins now are going to be competing against other other teams. But here's the beauty now. This doesn't come down to money. It absolutely doesn't. The Marlins were blown out on Starling Marte because the Mets, they have the spending power. Here's the beauty now when you're into trade season. The Marlins have more capital than most. They absolutely do. The Marlins are the heavyweights of trade season. They are. They can throw their weight around a bit like what they did with Jacob Stallings. The Red Sox thought they got a deal done. 
the Marlins went in and trumped it because they had the names and the players in the system. Imagine that. The Marlins outbid the Red Sox. Wild. But it's because the farm is deep. It's deep and it allows you to go away and acquire top-level dudes when they're available. And that, when we look at what they've been building over the past few years, well, gives me a lot of confidence that this front office will be aggressive and they have the capital to get deals done. Whew, this is going to be very exciting when this lockout ends, whenever that may be. So, guys, that's me wrapping up on Wednesday's episode, part two of the center field preview, review, discussion. Let me know what you're thinking. I will be back tomorrow. Sean Barrett will be hopping on tomorrow, so look forward to that one, getting into conversation with Sean. Uh, in the meantime, stay safe. Back soon.